We will be learning the Sikh and Lakutta Sikhis Khalak Yadzayan on the second Perek of Pirke Avos, where we are told in the Mishnah three things. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, that's Perek Bay's Mishnah Yud Gimel. And there we learn the following. Rabbi Shimon says, be very careful with the reciting of Shema and with Tfila. And when you do Daven Al don't make your Tfila something set, establish something you do by rote primarily. Rather, the Tfila is a time for asking for Rahmanas and beseeching Hashem. As it is written, Hashem is compassionate and giving and merciful. Gracious Erachapain Barav Chesed, he is long to anger, Barav Chesed, and full of kindness, Benicham Al Hara, and he goes back on the bad. And the third thing the Mishnah says, Va'alti Rasha Bifneyatmecha, do not be a Russia in your own eyes, do not consider yourself to be a Russia. So the Rebbe Sabasan asks, uh, why would it be required to speak about this? in Pirkei Avos. Pirkei Avos, we know, is Milsa de Chasidusa, meaning that it is something beyond the level of Halacha. It is something that is beyond the level of the law, something much higher. Why would it tell us over here that one has to be careful in the positive mitzvah, mitzvah sasemi del rais of saying Shema, and in the mitzvah of Tfilah, which some say is the Rabbanon, and especially these two mitzvahs, which are in addition to being the mitzvahs that they are, they are basic, essential mitzvahs and general mitzvahs in the service of Hashem. And we know about them and how to do them properly, not from Pirkei Ovos. Why does it even mention it over here? Similarly, uh, when we daven, not to make our davening something by rote, but rather something where we realize that we're begging Hashem and asking Him for Rachmanus, we already know this from the Mishnah, where it says that one who makes his tefillah a kva, something that should set and establish and something by rote, ain't tefillah his tefillah is not considered a manner of beseeching Hashem. And the third question that Rebbe asks, what does the third part of the Mishnah have to do with the rest of the Mishnah? Do not be a Russia in your own eyes, because when a person is a Russia in his own eyes, it keeps a person from doing tshuva, and that person will not hold back from doing other Averos. So what does this lesson have to do with the other two lessons where we are taught how careful we must be when we recite the Shema and when we daven to Hashem? To answer these questions, the Rebbe indicates to us that we must look at who is the one who said this Mishnah. So this Mishnah comes in the name of Rebbe Shimon. Who is Rebbe Shimon? So the Rebbe explains to us that Rabbi Shimon in this Mishnah, it refers to Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel, one of the five students of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai that are mentioned a little bit earlier in this Perek. And about Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel, it says that he was like Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, about whom we all know that we are taught Torah, so umnaso, his whole trade, his whole being in this world was all about studying Torah. And the Rebbe is going to explain the similarities between Rav Shimon ben Nisanel and Rav Shimon ben Yochai later on in the Sicha. But here the Rebbe explains that someone who is Torah so umnaso, whose profession, whose main trade is learning Torah, 
Such a person is not obligated to stop his learning in order to say the Shema. As Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says, as the Gemara brings down, talking about Kigon Onu, like we, who are we? Sha'oskin Betalmu Torah, we are so involved in the study of Torah that we don't even pause to say Shema. So certainly they don't even pause to Davin, as the Halacha states, that someone who is in the category of Torah, so Umnoso, these people do not have to stop their learnings to Davin. And being that Shimon ben Nisanel was of this category of people, and he did not stop in order to say Shema or to Davin, he had to make sure that his students, who see the way he conducts himself, would not take the mitzvah of Kriya Shema and the mitzvah of Davening lightly, because they would observe that their teacher doesn't stop to do these things. Then after that, Reb Shimon continues to tell his friends, his uh, contemporaries, his colleagues, that were also in the manner of Torah Som Umnoso, but not exactly in his level, that they also would have to stop to say Kriyat Shema, to say the Shema, like the friends of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, like his Chavraya, his colleagues, and therefore he says, He's telling them that when they daven, they have to daven the proper way, not by rote. And because they, when they do daven, in other words, they do learn, but when they stop to daven, they have to daven the proper way, not in a manner of pva, but rather they have to think about their davening not as something they just can't wait to be unburdened of, but rather, and they could go back to study Torah, but rather they have to concentrate on the fact that this is a way of beseeching Hashem for Rachamim. And similarly, the third lesson, Alti Rasha Bifneyatzmecha, is related particularly to the special qualities of Rashim ben Nisanel, who is Torah Umnoso. And all this will become connected and clear towards the end of the Sikha. Meanwhile, we're going to speak about Rashim Bar Yochoi who we know was Torah Umnoso, before we can appreciate what we are learning about Rav Shimon ben Nisanel. So here we can ask a question. When the Gemara tells us that Rav Shimon bar Yochoi was from those who did not stop even to recite the Shema, this is brought in the Talmud Yerushalmi. But in the Talmud Bavli, we learn, and this is what the halacha is, that even one who is Torah Umnoso like Rav Shimon Bar Yochai and his colleagues, they do have to pause to say Kriyat Shema. So how do we explain the seeming contradiction? Because there is a principle that when we learn the Babli and when we learn the Yerushalmi, we have to try to sort of resolve or be able to put together the two different opinions to appreciate them not as contradictory things, but rather that things that fit in with each other. So not that there is an argument here or a difference of opinion between the Talmud Babli and the Talmud Yerushalmi, but we really, the difference is not about the Talmud itself and the halacha, but rather between Shimon Bar Yochai himself and his, colleague, and his colleagues. According to Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, we don't stop the study of Torah in order to say the Shema, because by Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, this study of Torah is what we call Shinun, like we have the word Vishinantim, it was the kind of study that was so sharp that it actually became a part of him, which was really what the Shema is all about. So we don't stop one kind of Shinun, one kind of being so connected to take care of the other one, 
as the Yerushalmi continues, that Roshimar Bar Yochoi was so chodot, so sharpened with the great Torah, that Kriyashma would not in any way be more choshuv than the words of Torah for him. And therefore, we could say, according to this right of Shemar Yochai himself, did not stop to say Shema, as it said of Shemar Ben Yochai, because he was chadud, he was so uh, part of the Torah that he learned, so therefore the Kriyat Shema was not more beloved to him than the study of Torah, but his friends, his colleagues, who were not on this level, they did have to pause to say the Shema. And Rav Shema Bar Yochai himself, that even he himself, there were different periods in his life, and there was the period before the time that he was hiding in the cave, and the period that followed, and the fact that he did not stop in order to recite the Shema was something that happened right after he left the cave, not before, and when he, that was when he reached this level of being so united and so connected with the learning of Torah that he did not have to say the Shema as the Gemara discusses. Now, Reb Shimon ben Nisanel was similar to Reb Shimon bar Yochai. The way he was, the way Reb Shimon bar Yochai was after he left the cave, as we will learn soon, and therefore he did not have to stop to say the Shema. The Reb is going to go further that when we learn about this Mishnah, who said the Mishnah, somebody called Reb Shimon. And it's quite interesting that this Reb Shimon, who was very similar to Reb Shimon bar Yochai regarding the Torah so imnoso, that this quality of his is what connects, what binds together the three lessons in the Mishnah, that one should be uh, very careful with the saying of the Shema, that one should not daven by rote, but rather concentrate and focus on it, and that one should not be a Russia. And how do we know that this is why he said these things and they're all connected? Because unlike many of the other Mishnahites that we learn, we call him Reb Shimon, and we don't call him by the name of his father, for his name was really Reb Shimon ben Nisanel, but rather we call him Reb Shimon. And that is quite interesting because generally when we speak about Reb Shimon without saying the father's name, we refer to Reb Shimon bar Yochoi. But in truth, the Rebbe says, the Mishnah does not really have to call him by his father's name. Because when one goes through this Perak of Mishnayas, we find that this is a continuation of previous Mishnayas mentioned in this Perak, where we speak about the five students who were the students of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, and the Mishnah lists all five of them, and one of them is Rabbi Shimon ben Nisanel. And afterwards, that Mishnah goes on to say, Haim, each one of these said three things, so it's self-understood that when it says Rav Shimon says, it must mean Rav Shimon ben Nisanel. However, the Rebbe says, being that in Torah everything is very meticulous, very exact, down to the slightest detail, and if we're learning this particular lesson, these three lessons in a Mishnah that's written later in a separate Mishnah, and it calls him Rav Shimon and not Rav Shimon ben Nisanel, so somebody who is learning this Mishnah and does not learn the previous ones may think that this is Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. And obviously from here we understand that the inner meanings of the lessons of Reb Shimon Ben Nisanel have a special significance because we call him Reb Shimon. He is similar to Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. Not only is he being mentioned here as Reb Shimon ben Nisanel, but something about him that makes him 
very much like Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. So now the Rebbe is going to discuss this name Shimon. The inner meaning for for Rav Shimon, that he is really Reb, similar to Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, is in the name Shimon. What does the name Shimon mean? So we know that the name Shimon comes from the word Shama, listening. That's why Leah named her some Shimon. Hashem heard her tefillos. And the true innermost meaning of the word Shmiya, hearing or listening, is understanding, because that's the way one really gets permeated by what one has heard or what one has studied. When we speak about someone who is Torah umnaso, that not only do they learn Torah, but the Torah becomes who they are, their very being, it indicates that the Yid becomes united with the Torah, that he and Torah are one thing. Torah is his only being, his only, so to speak, profession. And it is only possible to reach such a level when one understands Torah completely and perfectly. And that is the way one becomes united with the Torah. As the Tanya quotes, that this kind of union is a wondrous union. There is no other yichud like this. They become mamish, one from every angle and from every corner. So now we could understand regarding all those who have the name Shimon, as we know that the names that didn't have, and especially names of Tanoim and people of that caliber, they express the very essence of that person's divine service, at least in a hidden way. And therefore, when it says Reb Shimon Stam without saying who he is, it refers to Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, it refers to Toroso Umnoso. What do we mean by the phrase Toroso Umnoso? So here the Rebbe gives us the following explanation. On the most literal level, Toroso Umnoso means regarding the time that a person has in this world. A person spends all of his time without any pause for anything learning Torah. And this is also in the learning of Nigel of Torah and the learning of Halacha, as we find by Rav Shimon Bar Yochai himself, that even when he was in the cave, what was he involved with? He was involved primarily with the Torah of Mishnayis and not so much in the Zohar. But it actually says in the Zohar that when it says Torah Sam Umnasam or Torah Sam Umnaso, it refers to those that the Shekhinah never moved away from them in any of their days, and they became dira, they became a dwelling place for the divine presence. And from here we can begin to understand that the quality or the advantage or the union of Torah so umnaso is not only referring to the time spent learning, but it's a qualitative connection with Torah that the whole being of this person is permeated with Torah, and the whole essence of this person is to be a dwelling place for Hashem. And it's not only with the Chachmah of Torah, but with the Nosein HaTorah, not only with the understanding of the knowledge of the Torah, the wisdom of Torah, but rather the connection with the Nosein HaTorah, with the one who gave the Torah, with the Ebeshter, with the Shechina. And this kind of learning is possible specifically in the learning of Nimeus HaTorah. As the Zohar tells us, that specifically those who study the Kabbalah, they are the ones who make a dira for the Ebeshter, who make a dira for the Shekhinah. And this is the basic foundation for the fact that when we speak about Hasidus, that's where we learn about Torah so Imnoso, because the way of Torah has to be 
as it says in the Navi, that the Torah that are said through the Torah that is the words of Torah that are said through the one who was studying are directly related to Hashem. Varai. The one says Divrei Torah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says and he repeats them. This kind of learning comes from the fact that a person is completely and absolutely bottled to the Nosein HaTorah, the giver of the Torah, and therefore this person becomes a dwelling place for the Shechina. And according to this, we understand that the whole Indian of Torah so Nosso Baruch Shimon Bar Yochai is connected to his being one of those who studied and who taught the Kabbalah and who taught Pnimius HaTorah to other Tanoim, gave over the word of the Ebeshter, and therefore he was on this high level of Torah Umnoso. So we'll speak for a minute about Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, that he existed in this kind of absolute state of Bittl to the Ebeshter constantly and consistently, and we will understand why Rav Shimon Bar Yochai did not have to stop from his learning even for the purpose of reciting the Shema. In, and the Rebbe explains that in order that one should learn Torah in such a manner, the person has to reach such a level of absolute bittel to the Eveshtev that is similar, that is exactly the same as the spiritual avod of Kriyas Shema, because we all know what is Kriyas Shema all about. Kriyas Shema is really all about Mesiris Nefesh, all about giving one over to the Eveshtev. And this is the kind of learning that the people who were in the level of Torah so Umnaso had, especially Reb Shimon, after he was in the cave, he was always in the situation of being absolutely bottled to the Eveshtev. As he himself said, Anas Simana Ba'alma, he himself felt that he was nothing other than a symbol of godliness, he was a dwelling place for the Shekhinah completely and totally. And therefore, it is said about him, He was sort of a reflection of the Ebeshter in this world. And therefore, he did not have to have the preparation of the Shema in order to say the Shema. Normally, one has to have the Mesiris Nefesh to learn to say the Shema before anything else. But by him, his learning was in the same manner as the Mesiris Nefesh of one who says the Shema. And in the next us, we're going to learn that this was really the great mile of Rav Shimon ben Nisanel, And we're going to learn a very fascinating story that's related in the Gemara. So the Gemara tells us that Rebbe Lazar ben Arach, also a student of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, asked his teacher Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai if he could repeat before him, Dabar Echad Shalimadetani, May I repeat before you something that you taught me regarding the Maisa Merkava, regarding what goes on in the higher world. And the Gemara continues that after he began, Pasach, he opened up, he began teaching. And what happened was, a fire descended from heaven. And the Gemara continues and says that when Rabbi Yossi HaKohen and Rabbi Shemo Ben Nisanel, his two colleagues, when they heard him repeating the teaching of their teacher, they also, Paschu, they began to teach about the Maisa Merkava. And the Gemara says that one day, it was in the season of Tammuz, in the summer season, Rasha Ha'aretz, the earth sort of quaked, 
and one was able to see the rainbow in the clouds, and a baskol came out and spoke. So what do we see here? That Roshima Benesano was also from those who taught Kabbalah. To what level that when he was teaching Maisa Merkava, he caused a rash in the Oretz, in the land, and he caused a baskol to come out and comment. And he literally brought the Shechina down Lemata. And he also, therefore, is similar to Rav Shema Bar Yochai, that he became a Dira Lishchinta, a dwelling place for the Eidusher, by literally bringing godliness into the world. Now, the Gemara here explains to us that we are talking about Rav Shema Ben Nisano and Rav Yossi HaKohen, both of them, Poschu B'Maisa Merkava. But Rav Shema Ben Nisano has a quality, a special quality, that Rabbi Yossi HaKohen doesn't have. And therefore, specifically, he is the one who was called Shimon, similar to Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, as we learned earlier, that he is similar to him. Rabbi Lazar Ben Arach repeated something that his teacher had taught him. He said something, that you taught me. But it wasn't his chidosh, it wasn't his new novel creation. And when it came to Rabbi Yossi HaKohen and Rav Shimon Ben Nisanel, that both of them were teaching Maisa Merkava, and it says about both of them, poschu, they actually came up with novel creations on their own. And that's what it means when we say, that's what we mean when we say posach, that they taught something new. There is still a special quality of Shema ben Nisanel regarding this that we do not find by Rabbi Yossi HaKohen. Rabbi Yossi HaKohen, we call him HaKohen, he was obviously a Kohen. What is a Kohen? A Kohen is one who was chosen to stand and serve Hashem. This is the special quality of Rabbi Yossi HaKohen. But this is a quality that gets inherited from one's parents. It is passed on genetically. And therefore, when Rabbi Yossi HaKohen is poseach, he starts speaking novel teachings of Maisa Merkava, it's not completely with his own koach because he has something in him that he inherited from his father who was a Kohen. But when we want to bring out the absolutely perfect proof of someone who is united with Elokos and he is a dira l'shchinta, he is a dwelling place for the Ebeshter, and when he starts to speak about Maisa Merkava that causes the Rash and the Oretz and the Baskol to come out, we're talking about someone who is doing it completely with his own koach. And this we find specifically right Rav Shimon ben Nisano, who was not a Kohen, and he did not have that in him, and yet he was able to start teaching the Maisa Merkava in a manner that resulted in what we said before. So before we get to resolve the question of how all these three things are interconnected, the three things we mentioned in the Mishnah when we began, and what they have to do specifically with Rav Shimon, we're going to speak for a moment about the Shechina that was revealed when Yarda, uh, when the uh, when we spoke before that the Rasha Aretz and the Baskol came out. So we're going to go back now to a story to understand the Maila of Shema ben Nisanel over Rabbi Lazar ben Arach when he spoke about Maisa Merkava, because it also says that when he spoke and he spoke about the Maisa Merkava Rasha Aretz by Rabbi Shema ben Nisanel. And the rainbow became apparent in the clouds. And this was a miracle 
because as we mentioned earlier, this was Kufas Tamos, the Gemara says, it was in the time of the summer, when there are no clouds at that time in Eretz Yisrael, and now we have to try to understand this. So the Gemara tells us about Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. We all know that he was one of the great Tanoim, and about him it says, Lo nirasa keshes In his day, one never saw the rainbow. The rainbow never appeared, being that the rainbow was a sign that the world is worthy of being destroyed. But Hashem is saving the world, as he promised Noah. But when you have a tzaddik like him in the generation, the world is not worthy of being destroyed, so there never appeared a rainbow. So what is so great about the fact that when Rav Shema Menesanel was Doresh in Maiseb Merkava, a rainbow appeared. So to understand this, we have to translate the meaning of the word rainbow. What do we mean by a rainbow, by a keshes? So as we all know, one goes back to the story in the Chumash at the end of Parshas Noah, end of the story of the Mabel, that this is a sign of a covenant that Hashem made, that there never, there never again will be a Mabel, a flood, to destroy the world. Another explanation is that the word keshes comes from the word, which means lahak shows to compare, something that resembles me, something that resembles the Ebeshte, and therefore we have a halacha that we are not allowed to look at the Anon. Why are we not allowed to look at the Anon? Because if it's representative of the Ebeshte, we have to be respectful and not look up there. And another thing, it says in the Maisa Merkava, which we're talking about at this point, it describes the Abishter that he appears like the Keshes that will be in the Anon, like the rainbow that will appear in the clouds. This is the Dmus, this is the image of the Abishter. So obviously the revelation of the Keshes, the revelation of the a rainbow is really a revelation of the highest levels of the Shechina. So when we speak about these two different translations, we have to make it a little bit more practical, a little bit more real. So when we are talking about a rainbow that appears on a day where there are clouds, on a cloudy day, the fact that there are clouds indicates that this is a day of gvura, this is a day of din, this is a day of harsh judgment, where Hashem could have destroyed the world, but because of his promise, decides not to. But when we're speaking about clouds and a rainbow that appear not as a result of the natural occurrence of rain that might be coming, but through a discussion of Maise Merkava, it's not something to come to negate severe judgments on the world, but it's something that comes to show a great supernal revelation of Shechina. And now we could understand better how Reb Shimon Benesanel was Torosso Umnoso and how he was Adira for the Shechina. And now we're going to resolve everything that was brought up in the beginning of the Sikha and put all of this together with a wondrous Horah for all of us. The Rebbe tells us that one of the things that describe the supernal level of Reb Shimon Bar, Bar Yochai was the fact that he said, I am able to redeem, free the whole world from harsh judgment. Being that the essence of Rav Shema Bar Yochoi was expressed in Torah so umnaso, it would indicate that his ability to make the world potter, 
from din is specifically connected to a special quality of Toroso Umnoso. And the Rebbe says that this has already been explained many times, that this is not through the fact that he is able to make all the people in his door do tshuva and this way save them from harsh judgment, but rather his chus was so great that Hashem would overlook the sins and the negative things of the generation and he would be able to save everyone from harsh judgment because of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai who could carry them up to that level. Now being that Reb Shimon Ben Nisanel was similar to Reb Shimon Bar Yochai in this regard, he was also Torah so umnoso, the way we explained it completely one in a perfect unity with his Torah. So therefore his function in the world was similar to Reb Shimon's function in the world and he also would be able to free his generation from these harsh judgments. Now that we know that, we're able to connect the third lesson in the Mishnah, which was, do not see yourself as a Russia in your own eyes, to the two Mishnayas that preceded, that tell us that one should be very careful with the davening and with the, with the Kriya of Shema and with the davening. Because being that it is Torah umnaso by Rav Shimon ben Nisanel, the way it was by Rav Shimon bar Yochai, which their being is expressed by the two first Torahs in the Mishnah, and which is all about being one with the Ebeshter and one with Torah and the Kriyashma, which is all about Mesir Snefesh and the Davening, which was all expressed in their being who they were with their deep connection to Hashem through their learning of Torah. Therefore, he is able to take care of the whole generation, to tolerate and to carry all their sins, and therefore he has to tell them, because what does it mean when one is a Russia in his own eyes? When one considers himself to be a Russia, such a person will not be aroused on his own of himself to do tshuva. And how will this person come to do tshuva? So we learn that sometimes it is necessary, the Gemara tells us, that Hashem will bring all sorts of negative things, punishments and suffering, Rahman al-Islam, on such a person today in order to break this person, to bring this person to re go back to doing tshuva and to return to Hashem. But in the generation of Reb Shemo ben Nisanel, his merit was so great that it was able to protect the people, even those who were not doing the right thing from any kind of harsh judgment and any kind of punishment. And therefore he had to say, this is the lesson here, that every single Yid is able to, and every single Yid has to, and ultimately every single Yid will come back, as we learned, no Jew will be chased away so far that he will not return, that every Jew will come back to Tshuva. And more than that, the person will not need to suffer or to have any other kinds of negative things to cleanse him, but he will, he will be able to come back to do tshuva, mitol harchava, out of a lot of blessing and bounty and a life of menucha, a life of tranquility, a life of peace, a life of all good things because the Rabbi Shimon, the tzaddik, is able to take that all upon his shoulders 
and bring all the glories of tshuva to the person when the person is amidst abundance and goodness and may Hashem bless us that we should see this clearly and speedily in our time with the coming of Mashiach. Thank you.